What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am not Colby Conway. I am not Matt Sells. I am James Grande filling in for our good friend Colby Conway, who may or may not still be in Italy. Can confirm or deny, Matt? He is stateside. He's just got bad internet this stateside, week. Stateside, so. Colby. Uh, sorry for you. I mean, I mean, actually, you know, I'm sure you love being back in the States and not in Italy being, um, you know, because you were just so bogged down with work all the time and in Italy and all that good stuff. But again, thank you for uh, to Matt Sells. Uh, who's uh, the podcast partner of uh, of the day. And I appreciate you guys having me on, um, filling in for Colby. But Matt, what's going on, brother? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. We are, you know, coming out a couple days later with this podcast because my kids were sick earlier in the week and then I was sick earlier today. Um, you know, hopped myself up on a bunch of cold meds. And now we get to talk some baseball. And there's been quite a lot of stuff going on uh, tonight. We are recording at about 11.20 Eastern on Tuesday night. Um, and there's quite a lot of stuff going on. We literally just watched Reed Detmers lose the perfecto, but he still has a perfect game through, or sorry, no hitter through six innings. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Obviously, Justin Berlander almost got a no-no. Robbie Ray had a perfecto through four innings. Uh, so, yeah, a lot, lot of action happening on the baseball diamond tonight. Yeah, Reed Detmers just got Kiermaier to uh, ground into a double play. So, no-no intact through six innings, um, 64 pitches in a good in a good, good standing right there. Um, let's go across the diamond, though, Matt, uh, for some news and notes. Um, for this week and particularly, you know, Monday and today, uh, Seiya Suzuki left Monday's game feeling a little, uh, something in his ankle was originally in Tuesday's lineup and then was scratched right beforehand. And in, uh, after the game Monday through an interpreter, he said he was fine. And that was like the exact quote. I'm fine. Um, very straight to the point. But what are your thoughts on the injury for Suzuki here now that he's been scratched um, prior to Tuesday's game? Um, I don't know. I mean, I take the guy for his word. We don't really know him very well, obviously. Right. He's a you know Japanese transplant this year. Um, so I will say that he doesn't really have a history of injuries in right. Japan, as far as I can tell. Um, so it's perhaps a bit cautious obviously the mlb season is longer than the japanese season by a little bit uh there's more travel involved in the mlb season um so it could just be a case of well the cubs really aren't in it so why burn through the guy in the first year right. of a you know multi-year deal so if he misses wednesday and they're starting to, to still say that hey there might be something then i'll be a little bit more concerned um, but right now, I think he's just day to day, maybe just, you know, letting it feel a little better um, before putting him back out there. Probably can use a couple of days off because he has been ice cold. Uh, yeah, that's true. That that's <laughs> that is true. He has not been they've started to figure him out. So now it's time for him to make the adjustment to uh, major league pitchers um, and start rebuilding his book on on them. Um, hopefully he uses that book for the next couple of days because uh, he'll have a lot of time on his hands. Um, you wrote this in the notes. I don't know why you would write this, but uh, Manny 
quote, goat Margot leaves the game Monday out of the lineup Tuesday. Um, listen, you're not wrong, Matt. Manny Margot has been quite good uh, to start this year, especially lately in May. He's hitting over 400. Um, right hamstring discomfort is the quote Margot used. Um, thoughts on Margot's injury? Is it concerning at all? Like, what's your level of concern there um, with right hamstring discomfort? Well, I mean, obviously for a guy who uses speed as a weapon on the base pads and in fielding, right, he's known as, yes, right. he's hitting for some pop, but he's mainly known as a steel threat. So anytime you get some muscle tightness or stiffness or discomfort in your legs and you're a guy who uses speed, it is a little bit concerning. So it's right. possible that they'll give him a couple of days off and see how it responds. Um, or you may see him DH potentially just to get the break from having to play the outfield. Um, but it might slow him on the bases a little bit until he feels right. 100% confident in it. So watch for that. He has been hitting well. Normally the guy I call the goat is Juan <laughs> Goto Soto. Oh, yeah, um, that guy. Yeah. yeah, that guy's just a little – he's just he's just a little good. Um, so it, it is a little concerning for a guy who bases his game off speed, but there's no actual injury, like – diagnosis there it's just yeah my muscles are a little sore so right. I, th I think he gets a day or two off and then he'll be good a couple of guys with uh injury diagnosis jack flaherty and alex reyes both um in the news flaherty threw off a mound last week and there's been nothing reported um as far as setbacks or whatnot um so assuming everything goes well, he should be on a rehab assignment soon. Alex Reyes uh, is right behind Jack Flaherty in the rehab process. Matt, if you are a fantasy owner right now and Jack Flaherty and, and or Reyes, who, I mean, obviously Flaherty is the more um, attractive side of both of them in fantasy. Um, but like, what is your interest in both long term um you know flaherty with the right shoulder and and same with reyes on it they're, i mean they're both dealing with the shoulder yeah so shoulders are always um concerning for pitchers right but for me i would still trust jack flaherty more right um i know that he's coming off he had an issue last year when he came back he looked pretty decent when he came back in a small sample size obviously mm -hmm. the beginning of the year wasn't great um, for me, the problem with Reyes is we don't know his role, right? right. Are they going to use him as a starter? Are they going to use him as a long guy? Are they going to use him as a bulk reliever? Are they going to use him as the closer? Like, that's kind of the issue with, with Reyes. Now, if you want a guy that can be a swing dude, then that's fine. But, um, I still don't know exactly what they're going to... Like, I'd rather take the guy who has the guaranteed role than the right. guy we don't know and is coming off of a similar um, injury. And by the way, before we started recording, we noted that um, you and I were discussing following Twitter feeds, and we saw that Wander Franco had been pulled from the game and Kevin Cash. And another guy went and talked to him. We were a little, you know, waiting on the news there. It's apparently no injury for Franco. They just wanted to get him some rest as he's been dealing with some leg issues and the 
Angels are up eight nothing <laughs> at the moment, and the Rays are being no hit. So, um, pretty decent time to just get the guy a half a game of rest. So they are quite literally giving Reed Detmers as many opportunities as they can for a no hitter. Awesome. Um, so nice of you, Kevin Cash. Although he did walk Taylor Walls to lose the perfecto, True. and Taylor a, Walls yeah. is hitting a buck eighty-eight, which I'm pretty yeah. sure he weighs more than that. That will be very. I will be very sad for Reed Detmers if that is the only base runner tonight. Now let's let's give the credit from what we could tell. The pitches were not anywhere close, so it's not like it was a blown, <laughs> no. dicey call. They were no. just not close. So. There is there is that, but yes, so far he's he's faced the minimum, even though he walked the guy because he got the double play. So he still faced the minimum through six innings. If but if it, my if my family wasn't sleeping, I would be clapping for you because I know that was a big moment for you, not discrediting the umpires. So I want everyone <laughs> to know that I would be clapping <laughs> for Matt. Uh, this is a big. This is a big moment. This is a milestone moment for Matt. He is anti-umpire to every, every degree. Um, so to hear Matt not say anything nice about the umpires, but also not, not crap on them, was a, was definitely a big step in his life. Um, let's move over to the Twins, where I think you know as, and it's funny because you and I were talking about the Twins before we hopped on um, the pod, and I don't think either of us realized how good they've been because they haven't, but they have like their record indicates they've been good largely from a fantasy perspective. There has not been many twins that we've been happy about. Um, One of them, it's been a very mixed bag and, and that is Byron Buxton. Um, Once again, dealing with an injury, it's a hip. It's all, great and dandy and he's been awesome when he's been on the field but again another byron buxton injury popping up what are your thoughts on buxton it's a right hip they are optimistic um oh let's see was he didn't he have this hip issue last year he's had every issue under the sun right but i mean i think he lost a bunch of time last year to the hip and then came back and had something with his tooth um, um, let's look. I thought it was a hip that he missed, that he missed, uh, time with. But, I mean, he says this is minor, but I don't know if I can take his word for it, because every time he's gotten hurt, he says it's minor, and then he winds up on the, you know, missing significant time. At this point, as long as Buxton is in the lineup, I'm playing him. Right. Okay. Uh, I hate to blow Colby's preseason projection of, <laughs> Byron Buxton winning the AL MVP. That's not going to happen. I mean, that's, yeah. Um, but if he's on the field, I'm playing him. So if you're in a daily league, clearly you're fine. If he's in the lineup, you can move him in there. If he's out, move him out. If you're in a weekly league, it's a little tougher because if he gets injured on a Monday, he might be out the rest of the week. <laughs> but he might only be out for like a day or two. So, um, so yeah, that that's kind of the thing with Buxton. I... I honestly don't know if it's serious or not at this point. I really don't. I really I guess don't. I guess my thing would be they said he would be back for the Astros series. Well, that started that started on Tuesday and he was not back in the lineup. So, they say he can avoid the IL. 
But they also said he was going to be back for the Astros series, and that still may be the case. And he could return Wednesday, and this is an, a non-issue. But we know the injury history of Byron Buxton, so it's something to monitor uh, moving forward. Also in the headlines for the Minnesota Twins, Carlos Correa heads to the IL, and Chris Paddock, I uh, just saw, may have to go under the needle again, potentially for Tommy John. Um, thoughts on Correa and, and thoughts on Paddock? I know the Twins were very excited to get him in this offseason. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're hoping it's a reclamation project and a change right. of scenery helps him and whatnot. But until he gets a third pitch, nothing's going to help him be a starter. Correct. Okay, Correct. I mean, we, Kobe and I have talked about this a couple of times. I think you and I on a pod last year at some point talked about it. Um, until Chris Paddock gets a third pitch, he's not a viable starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. He's just not. Because if you time yeah. one pitch, he's dead to rights with the other one. It's not like he's throwing um, 100 either. He's, he's, he's not out here throwing 100 miles an hour with, the, with his fastball either. Right. And so if he loses velo on the fastball or if he loses movement on the fastball or loses control on his other pitch, he's dead to rights. And that's what's been the problem. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he may have to undergo Tommy John. Not that this is going to fix his issue, but, you know, he still could be a high leverage reliever. Right. Like he's got two Mm -hmm. pretty good pitches. Yep. We've seen guys with two pitches be outstanding relievers. Um as for Correa, I know he dodged a bullet with nothing actually broken in the hand, which is good mm-hmm. news for him. Um, it's going to be sore for a little bit, which is probably why he's on the IL. Give him some extra rest. They did call up Royce Lewis, which was in my prospect report last week. Um, and for those of you that might think that Royce Lewis might go back down after Correa comes back up, pay attention to where Royce Lewis had been playing defensively in the minor leagues because he was actually playing in the outfield. Uh, in center field, um, which I think ultimately is probably where he winds up, given the fact that Correa is there on a three-year deal. Um, and, you know, Buxton, yes, is still there. But look, the guy is injury prone. So he's going to be the, you know, Royce Lewis will be the fill-in right. um, center fielder. So um, if Lewis is still available, go pick him up. He's got a nice speed power combo he was a number one overall draft pick um and as for Correa he should be fine when he gets back nothing's broken it's just a sore hand we have some news from the Boston camp as well um two polarizing lefties in Chris Sale um we got a a little delay from the fracture in his rib um he will be delayed a few weeks due to a quote, personal medical issue is what Boston's calling it. Uh, I would just say that it's a delay because there's been a setback in his rip. I would be like a normal person instead of a robot, but uh, that's why some... They're well, of- here's my question. Is it possible he caught COVID and wasn't vaccinated? Correct. To start a firestorm? That's fair. Um, I, now, here's my question. not saying that that's what the case is, but I'm saying if you... Well, if we wait, know, the, tea, the tea leaves, right? It's like the tea leaves. Well... There was always that thing where they were talking when, you know, obviously the ter- whole Toronto thing has been in the headlines, like who's going to Toronto, who's not going to be able to play. And the report was that a lot of guys on Boston wouldn't be able to. But then almost everyone did, except a few pitchers. Boston had everybody, even because st- Story's signing was contingent on the vaccination. That wasn't a problem. Um, and then everyone else played. 
So maybe, but is that something that they need to report? Or is it not because he's not actually playing? What's the what are what are what is the COVID guidelines across Major League Baseball? That I don't know, to be honest. Right, right. So you you could be one hundred percent correct because why does like why does it sound so robotic? Why does a setback of a stress fracture in his rib turn be turn? Why does it quote a personal medical issue? Nothing about a rib. Like a fracture seems right. You've already announced the injury, so we're past. We don't want to give you stuff because it's HIPAA, right? You've already announced what. Correct. So you see, you might be onto something. Both of us need to dust off our uh, the COVID rule book and and figure out. But again, not really. I mean, there's been a million moving parts in baseball just based on like the CBA and what's new what's old what stayed what went um so as of now chris sales return will be delayed due to a quote personal medical issue we're not sure if it's covid we're not sure if it's due to the rib um but another returning lefty as i mentioned for boston or potentially james paxton still has elbow soreness matt tough blow he wants to return uh, the report is could return by July or August, but I, I got to tell you, a guy who is recovering for Tommy John surgery that still reportedly has elbow soreness, I would I'm going to go out on a limb and say James Paxton's not pitching this year. Yeah, I would I would say that too because look, he had the surgery what early last year too, right? It wasn't even. I mean, if it was late, we wouldn't be talking about him. So it had to have been before the season, if I recall correctly. So, you know, to be um, – oh, hold up. Breaking news. We have no more no-no in in Anaheim. Brett Phillips with one out in the seventh uh, put the ball in play. No, uh, error. Reaches base on error. Oh. No-no still intact. The no-no is still intact. Okay. So I did not have all the information there. I just saw the MLB <laughs> box score say in play, no out, and I just assumed. But that's what happens when you assume, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I don't see James Paxton pitching this year. If he's still got elbow soreness, then, you know, the likelihood he goes back under the knife is probably pretty decent. Also, let's take into account that Boston is in last place in the AL East at this right. moment. 100%. Um which, yes, I'm not kidding. There are three games, two and a half games behind Baltimore. Um, so, yeah, it, right now there's no, yes, there are five and a half or four and a half months left in the season. Anything can happen. But right now there's no impetus to push James Paxton to get back onto the, to get back onto the mound. So, uh, you know, sale is probably out until maybe the beginning of July at this point. Um, Paxton, I don't see on the field uh this year yeah i'm lucky for boston because their pitching sucks they could really use uh anyone at this point um one of your darlings here george kirby uh of the seattle mariners made his debut oh uh, made his made his first start um six scoreless innings matt seven k's this was um 
Baseball America's 12th overall prospect. I see Major League Baseball had him at 32. Baseball Prospectus had him at 21. Uh, where did you have um, Kirby slotted in coming into the year? Was he a top? Because, I mean, America, MLB, Prospectus are everywhere. 12, 21, 32. They are. Uh, yes. Yeah. I had him at uh, 47 in my most recent okay. ranks, um, just behind Edward Cabrera for the Marlins and just ahead of Jordan Lawler for the Diamondbacks. Um, and in terms of where that ranks uh, pitching-wise, I can tell you in just a second here. Um, I have George Kirby as the ninth-best right-handed pitching prospect in baseball. Um, so... You know, I might be a little lower on him than most. He does have very good stuff. Uh, the reason why I had him a little lower is because I just didn't see him coming up this year. He still hasn't right. pitched at AAA. Okay. I was just looking at that. Double A made the jump, huh? Yeah. Um, it was a little shocking. And to be honest, I almost put him in last week's uh, prospect report because it was a who's hot. And he had been smoking Double A. And I just decided I was going to hold him for a week. And then what do you know? They call him up because he's been he's been good. I thought he might have gotten the jump to AAA, but they they saw fit otherwise. So whether he stays in the rotation the rest of the year or not, I'm not 100% sure on that. Seattle does need pitching help. Um, but, you know, I look, if he's available, I would pick him up. He's very good. He's got frontline starter type stuff. He could wind up slotting third in that rotation uh, for the Mariners because let's not forget they got Logan Gilbert there too, right. who's pretty good. And then Emerson Hancock is coming, and he might still be a little better than George Kirby. So um, he might be a number two starter that's going to slot number three maybe, so you might get a little advantage there. But uh, long term this year, I think he's going to have his ups, ups and downs like any rookie starter who skips triple A who skips triple A. Right. Um, I mean, just, just put it into perspective, right? Mackenzie Gore lights the world on fire in 2019 at double A and everybody's like, you got to call him up for 2020. And then reports out of the alternate camp were phenomenal for Mackenzie Gore. Then he goes to AAA for 2021 and sucks, and everybody drops him in their prospect rankings because he had a terrible year. Why? Because AAA hitters are more patient because the ball is different. The homers are were terrible. Of course, he pitched in El Paso, which is the least pitcher from the park in the minor <laughs> right. leagues. Um, and, you know, he had to relearn how to pitch sequence and how to improve his stuff. There's a reason why these guys go – level to level to level. And now look, Mackenzie Gore started out on fire triple A. They brought him up and he's been good. So yeah. Um we'll we'll see what ultimately happens with George Kirby. Um live update Reed Detmers through seven no hit innings. Um just looked it up. He is at eighty three pitches through seven. His max pitch count, Matt, eighty eight. Um now this podcast will drop and you will already know the result of the Reed Detmers experience. Yeah, do you want to get your you want to get your prediction in? Well, so now? I well I was going to ask 
Does he get Dave Roberts? I want, I want before, before everyone will know what our opinion was. Does he get Dave Roberts? I mean, 88 pitches this year. That's he threw that against um, on April 28th. Uh, he went five innings. He has not thrown past five innings, and he had not gone past 88 pitches yet this this uh, this season. I don't think he gets Dave Roberts. I think he I does. Really don't because here's the thing: if it was like a one or two run game. Maybe because he's True. been a little wild here in the sixth and seventh. Like some of these pitches, based on pitch cast, haven't even been close. Um, now I don't know exactly how accurate pitch cast is. They might be exaggerating some, but they they haven't really been that close. Um, but it's been eight nothing for a while, right? right? Like it's been eight nothing since the third inning. Yep. So shout there's out, shout out no Corey pressure. <laughs> They're also competing, by the way, for first place, and the, they're still holding sure. first place sure. in the AL West at the moment uh, with a, what, a half-game or a one-game lead over. Right now it's a half-game lead over Houston. If they yep. win, it would be a full-game lead over Houston. Um, so I think they let the guy go. I think you got to get the kid a, a, a shot. You save your bullpen, right? So, like, plus yeah. it's against a team that – as far as I'm aware, it doesn't have anybody in their lineup that's hitting 300 right now. Uh, nope, sorry. They have – oh, no, they took Franco out, so he doesn't count now. Um, Ramirez. Yeah, Harold Ramirez, the best three-hitter in the game. hitting exactly 300. Nobody else is really that close. So I think you'll let him go. So what is what is your prediction? Because the odds of this game ending now before <laughs> the end of the podcast – yeah, Let's I give you credit for your prediction before it possibly happens. My predictions we're going to get a no hitter this week, and it's I mean, like in two days we have now gotten Nestor Cortez pitching into the eighth inning, no hit, eleven strikeouts. Justin Verlander pitches into the eighth inning, no hits. Reed freaking Detmers pitches currently through seven no hit innings, a walk. Well, and a walk and an error away from being perfect. Um, now, by with, the way, by the way, Reed Detmers has been the top pitching prospect for the Angels for a okay. while. I, I respect and Reed Detmers. If he can fit his, if he can figure stuff out, he does still have number two pitcher upside. So it's not like it's Dallas Brayton here. It's he, fair. Um, he's also just not throwing strikes, and he's just like That's getting fair. it. He's like. Uh, wildly having a no a crazy no hitter right now um anyways um my i do think we're gonna get a no hitter i was looking through the schedule i'm not gonna like predict who is going to throw a hitter no hitter because like as much as i love nestor cortez i mean seven and a third no hit innings is super That's the game of his career yeah i mean like. yeah like this is this yeah. just not something you can predict but i do think um we are getting close we've Ad nauseum, the ball has been discussed and how it is pitcher-friendly uh, more than it was last year. Um, and I think that, obviously, with the offenses down the way they are, um, I think we're going to get one. Yeah, um, I mean, you've had, um, obviously, Kershaw in his first right. start when, you know, everybody talking about seven. We've had two bullpen no-hitters, haven't right. we already? We right, the Mets. Didn't the Mets have one? Yep, the Mets had one and the, and the, uh, the Dodgers. Right, and Tampa nearly had one against Boston, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they're coming. And now that everyone's at, and, like, 
there's no like pitch limits anymore, right? Because like the right. starters are all stretched out. Um, other than it Julio Shelby's Urias, almost done it twice this year. Yep, Otani's almost almost done it twice. Um, the only person that will never do it is uh, Julio Urias because he's like capped at like 65 pitches a night. Well, okay, because he had thoracic outlet syndrome like two years ago, and he's. I know it's just, it's just. He's also managed by Dave Roberts, who literally it's, has not had a no hitter since he's been the manager of the Dodgers. It is time for buy or sell. <laughs> um, we're gonna do a little fun game of buy or sell, and I'll just uh, ask Matt some some questions on some players and whether um, he and you guys, as fantasy owners, or um, potential fantasy owners should be buying or selling these players that could they be off to really good starts and it's a fluke or is it a real the real deal? Uh, first name I have on the list here, Matt, and um, he's a Marvel character and he has nice hair, right? Say that. Um, yep. and, he, and he's probably playing in the best city possible for his character and hair right like no nothing better than la right for for thor and i'm talking about noah Syndergaard, who threw five starts in his year 29 season um which is crazy i i, I can't believe he's only 29 years old truthfully um it he you know he made the debut in 2015 at 22 years old that feels like a literal lifetime ago um and it's partly due to all the injuries and uh, but anyways, 29-year-old Noah Syndergaard, five starts, three and one, two, four, five ERA. The strikeouts have not necessarily been there, um, but the swinging strikes strikes have been there. Still 12% swinging strike rate, which is better than it was last year. It was right on par with 2020 or 2019, um, 13% swinging strike rate for his career. So I ask, Matt, um, are you buying or selling? Noah Syndergaard in fantasy baseball. I am buying him. Um, he's on. Listen, he's on a one-year prove-it deal, right? We all right. gawked at the fact that they paid him twenty-three million dollars. Right. If it, if if he's healthy and he's the Thor that we saw in what twenty seventeen with the Mets, that's perfectly reasonable to pay Syndergaard that much money. Um, and so far, it's paid off. And and why do I think he's going to stay healthier? He has talked about how he has changed his pitching um, style, shall we say. He's not throwing all out now. He's not right. going to hit 98 to 100. He's sitting 95. But he's getting more movement. He's putting it – he's controlling it better. And he knows, look, what's important for me is to stay on the mound longer. It's not about the strikeouts. It's not about hitting triple digits. It's about can I pitch effectively enough to get into the sixth inning. And that's what he's doing. So, and he's got an offense that right now is backing yeah. him up. Yes, there are injury concerns on that offense, to be sure. Trout has had it. Rendon has had it. Um, you know, there, there are several other guys that have had injury concerns. But right now, everything is clicking. So, I'm going to buy Noah Syndergaard at this point. Um, so, to your point, Noah Syndergaard, average fastball velocity, 94.1 miles an hour this year. Something to note, uh, he has never thrown a his changeup more than 18% of the time over a course of a year, 
We're at 26% this year of the changeup. Um, Noah Syndergaard, you know, hey, man, if it's working, it's working. Um, so, you know, different pitch selection, clearly, uh, as you mentioned, the velocity down, and he's figuring things out, figuring out just how to pitch instead of just being a flamethrower, um, and it has paid off so far. Um, second player is uh, a rowdy one. At that, uh, we see him at parties all the time. Uh, I'm talking about Rowdy Thales. Um, what is your What are your impressions on him so far? Are you buying or selling in fantasy baseball? Uh, I am again going to buy on Rowdy Thales. Um, the guy has been known for his bat ever since he was a prospect with, I believe, Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's been known as a guy who who had power. It's just a matter of you know, is he going to walk enough? Is he going to – how much swing and miss is he going to have? Well, let's look at his sample size this year. Okay, 29 games. All right, let's compare it to, um, you know, 2020, yeah, short year, whatever. He played 35 games in that short season. Strikeout rate, pretty comparable to where he's been right. over the last three years, 22.9%. That's respectable. 6.7% walk rate. We need that to go a little bit higher. Um, the ISO is high, so we might see a little bit of power regression there, a little bit. Um, but the 273 BABIP he's got right now fits perfectly with his career numbers. Right. Right. So he came up and only played 23 games in 2018 as a rookie. He had 391 BABIP. That's insane. Um, 2019 through 2021, he put up 267, 276, 275. So the 273 is right there, right? Um, so yeah, I, I don't see why, um, why he would slow down. I mean, the power numbers, yeah, I, I don't suspect. Okay. He's played 29 games right now, right? So if right. we multiply by five to put it at basically 150 game pace, that's like 35 home runs. It's possible. Right. He's got that much pop. He hit 21 in Toronto in 111 games. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to buy. That park is is great to hit in. Uh, he's getting playing time. I'm not sure why I wouldn't get the Brewers first baseman or DH. Yeah, um, expected his expected WOBA. Yeah. Uh, is 360. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. But the, the expected WOBA is 464. Um, that is like Hall of Fame. Obviously, I'm not claiming that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. That those are that's a Hall of Fame type number. Yeah. By the way, the runs weighted runs created plus is at 147 right now. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's absurd. Um, and so is Reed Detmers through eight no hit innings. Uh, his arch nemesis Taylor Walls just flew out to end the eighth inning. So the second base. Uh, yep. Will we will be heading to the ninth inning with a no-hitter intact, 94 pitches uh, for Reed Detmers. We'll see if he closes it out. I looked it up. 97 is his career high last year. So uh, he will definitely be surpassing that unless no, he gets a hold up. Could he get three, pitch? three one pitch three, outs? He could get three. If, they, if uh, Tampa Bay does that, they deserve to be annexed. Um, <laughs> Who is he, he facing? Let's see. Taylor uh, Walls made the last out. So theoretically, it's Bruhan, Kiermaier, and Yandy Diaz. With the don't jinx D. it, don't jinx it. It's not the worst three players that he could be facing for a no hitter. Um, 
Back to buy or sell now that uh, Reed Detmers is three outs away from a no-no. Um, how about an exiled an exiled player, uh, not just the Rays franchise that are going to be exiled if, um, you know, for <laughs> sitting Wander Franco and just handing this to Detmers, but um, how about Brandon Drury, who has just had a tough go in the majors throughout his career. Another guy who's 29, same exact route as Noah Syndergaard, obviously different results. Um, both made their debut at 22 in 2015. And, you know, Drury had a couple okay seasons in the beginning of his career, but very well-traveled since then, um, really hasn't had much of an opportunity. That opportunity has come in Cincinnati, and he is making the most of it. It's currently six home runs, 14 runs scored, 18 RBIs. Uh, he has a 593 slug. What do you make of Brandon Jury? Is it possible he can maintain this type of production? So, and if so, like, what are your thoughts? Are you buying or selling, Matt? I, look, I am an optimist when it comes to some of these guys, <laughs> and I'm going to be an optimist for Brandon Drury. I'm okay. I'm going to buy him in leagues in which he's still available. Um, you're asking if he can keep up this kind of production. Let's see in. 2016 and 2017, two full seasons with Arizona, and 134 and 135 games in those two years. 2016, he hit 282 with a 329 on base and a 458 slugging. And in 2017, he hit 267, 317 on base and 447 slugging. His strikeout rate is a little higher than it was. Then it's 23.6 now. It was 20 and then 21.5 then. His walk rate is higher. Um, His ISO is certainly higher. That, again, should probably fall. But, again, maybe not. It's a great American small park. Yeah. Right? Like, it's a launching pad. Everybody goes there and hits bombs. Um, He, you know, look, it's a miracle he's got 18 RBI, considering the fact the Reds' offense has sucked for, like, the entire Right. Um, the entire season. But it's not necessarily shocking to me that this guy getting everyday playing time is doing what he's doing. That's kind of been the problem for him is that he didn't he hasn't gotten everyday playing time. Right. Toronto in 2019, he got relatively close. He played two thirds of a season, hit 15 homers. Right. In Toronto, the batting average was not great. But the Babbitt suggests he probably got a little unlucky there, right. as does the Woba. Um, and so, yeah, do we see a, a little bit of regression coming? Probably. Yeah. Not much in the batting average to me, though. I think he can keep that up, given the park. So, yeah, I, I don't have a problem. And look, in some formats, he's still going to qualify as a multi-positional guy in some formats. Um, I mean, Fangraphs, for example, has him listed as second base, third base, and outfield. Right. Who doesn't need that on their bench right now? It's pretty good. He's also played a game at short this year, just for the record as well. So yeah, so like know, Yahoo may count him as a shortstop, right? I mean, or he just plays enough at shortstop to to get there, right? If he if they continue to roll him out, I honestly he technically pitched last year too, by the way. <laughs> well, Yahoo's gonna have him as a pitcher. Two thirds no of an inning for the Mets. <laughs> uh, well, he's not as good as Brett Phillips, I could tell you that. Um. Yeah. I'm actually, this is the first one I'm on the other side of the, the fence. I will be trying to sell if I'm currently in 
in possession of Brandon Drury. And I think, I don't think it's going to get better from here. And I think we can maximize our, our trade value times a thousand right now. So if I do have Brandon Drury, I'd be looking to deal him. And if I don't, like if I can't, obviously I'm not like go outright dropping. I'm not, I'm not like mad that I still have Brandon Drury. You bring up a great point. He gets to play in the best park, arguably in baseball. Um, last year, according to Baseball Savant, they were tied with Camden Yards as the best um, park in baseball uh, offensively. So just, you know, better than course for just for context. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, still has to play in the road, still in a dreadful lineup. If Brandon Jury continues to hit, he's not getting pitches to hit. So, um, I'm looking to sell Brandon Jury personally. Um, someone I'm interested in, in your opinion on, because you mentioned before we got on air that the Baltimore Orioles pitching staff has been very underrated. And as the Los Angeles Angels continue to tee off, um, on yeah, Trout hit a two run shot and Anthony Rendon just followed up with a two run shot of his own. Um, shout out, Matt. I know that got you a little excited there. Um, the Orioles, back to the Orioles, though. Their staff has been very underrated. Um, they're only a couple of games under 500. You mentioned they are actually ahead of Boston in the standings. So I present you Bruce Zimmerman, who currently has a 2.6 ERA. He has a 24% K rate, a left-hander that we've seen strike a bunch of guys out. And I think maybe more important than both those things, he's a guy who in 2020 allowed 2.5 home runs per nine innings. Last year, 1.96, you want to round up, that's two home runs per nine innings. This year, Matt, 0.3 home runs per nine innings. Bruce Zimmerman keeping the ball in the park after just brutal, brutal numbers the last two years. So I, I pitch it to you. What are your thoughts on Bruce Zimmerman? Are you buying or are you selling in fantasy baseball? I am going to tell you to stream Bruce Zimmerman. Oh, I like the nice caveat there. I like that. Because here's the thing. Let's take a look. At the splits, because remember, Camden Yards changed their dimensions this year. True. They now have the deepest left field in baseball, which is insane to say. (laughs) But it's the deepest left field in baseball. So, And the most likely injury-riddled left field in baseball. I just want to add, they did not... Yeah, man, the way they squared that off, like somebody's going to just get real... That's the Astros center field hill... But in like with dagger the flagpole in, in yeah, yeah. play too. <laughs> yeah, with the flagpole in play, perfect, perfect example. Um, or like the monuments at Yankee Stadium yep. used to be in play in center field because that was genius. Um, so here's the thing: so Bruce Zimmerman has pitched thirty and a third innings this year. Okay, twenty of them at home, ten and a third on the road. At home, he's got a 1.8 ERA. On the road, he's got a 4.35 ERA. Hmm. At home, he's got a 2.19 average. On the road, he's got a 3.08 average against. Uh, slugging, there's about there's more than 100 points difference in slugging too because it's 3.29 at home, 4.36 on the road. So, I'm saying if he's got a road start, 
probably not feeling that great about it because odds are it's going to come in the AL East. Okay. I mean, they're in the AL East, right? And the rest of that, yep. you know, it's all bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but if he's at home, we can play him. Like, I, I, I think we got the opposite of Jermon Marquez here. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say we stream Bruce Zimmerman, play him at home, sit him on the road. I think that's a perfect caveat, and I agree. And speaking of Herman Marquez, how about we go to his teammate, who has been maybe one of the biggest surprises on the mound in baseball. And I'm not afraid to say that at all, because 29-year-old Chad Cool, who has never been good (laughs) in uh, five years in Pittsburgh, decided, let me take my talents to Colorado, where the pitching is just always so great. Ask Ubaldo Jimenez. Um, <laughs> Chad Cool, Matt Sells, is 3-0 with a sub-2 ERA on the year. The strikeout rate has depleted. But you know what? So has the walk rate. Uh, the walk rate, almost two full walks per nine innings less. Uh, and the home see, run rate has fallen off. And the home, rate, home run rate as well. So I must ask, do you believe in Chad Cool and his 179 BABIP, or are you selling Chad Cool for as much as you possibly can get, um, probably to the person that hasn't been paying much attention to Chad Cool the last five years? This is a tough one, actually, because all of the numbers suggest you should keep him. His home road splits are about identical, so it hasn't come down to, well, he started that more crazy? games. That's crazy, huh? The, I mean, the, they're pretty close. You can make the argument that he's actually been better on the road in some cases. Um, like, but it, it's it's pretty it's pretty close. He's thrown 16 and a third away with a 1.65 ERA and 13 and a third at home with a 2.03 ERA. So you're splitting hairs, right? He's got a better triple slash line at home than he does on the road, except for slugging. Got a better WOBA at home than on the road. So, like, we're splitting hairs here, right? The last time Chad Cool was this good was in the was in the Pirates minor league system. Okay? In 2015 at AA, he threw 152 and two-thirds innings with a 2.48 ERA uh, and a 3.68 FIP. In 2016, he threw 83 and two-thirds at AAA with a 2.37 ERA and a 3.71 FIP and a 3.26 XFIP. Okay? Now in Colorado, he's got similar ERA numbers, similar FIP, similar XFIP, um, and whatnot. I think that this just proves that whatever the hell Pittsburgh is doing at the major league level needs to stop. Because every pitching prospect they bring up from the minor leagues gets worse at the major league level. Every guy who has pitched for the Pirates gets better elsewhere. Like, look at Tyler Glass now. Guy's been an absolute stud when he's healthy for Tampa Bay. Look at um, Garrett Cole was filthy in Houston and has been, for the most part, pretty good for the Yankees. Um, Shane Baz starting to dominate for Tampa Bay when he's been healthy. Okay. Um, Flipping, what's his face? Joe Musgrove. Threw a no-no last year. Yeah. Speaking of. So Matt, speaking of no-nos, do we have one? We are we are very we are we are one out. 
into the ninth. And we have Kevin Kiermeyer at 0-2. Uh, he just fouled off a pitch into the stands. Um, Reed Detmer is on pitch 102, about to deliver 103. Um, so, yeah, we might get the no-no. Uh, Detmers delivers. Oh, no. Two outs in the ninth <laughs> inning. Reed Detmers. You were like, that That call right there was like the guy from Major League. <laughs> yep. Well, he was a he hits slow. It. It's in the air. It's caught. Like, it was a slow ground ball for Kevin Kiermeyer, who has wheels. That's true. But so, Luis Rangifo is actually a pretty good defensive. It was uh, it was a little game. scary for about one second. Um, so now it's 0-1 on Yandy. Who has been could, the best hitter oh, in that lineup. Pretty good this year. Um, the reason that guy's leading off, he's the only one making contact at the moment. No, I, I'm selling Chad Cool, by the way, for as much as I possibly can. Um, but I'm okay. I'm also just, and I, I just can't get. I'm okay Pat. letting it ride. Okay. And then just dropping him when it doesn't work okay. out. Okay, that's fine too. Especially if you send a deal out and everyone's like, "No, dude, it's Chad Cool, right?" <gasps> right. I mean, we have two strikes on Yandy Diaz. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where you, I would rather let it ride with the depletion of pitching right now. Fair. I'm going to hold on to a guy who's doing, like, until you get, like, three terrible starts in a row, then I'll just drop him because you probably didn't draft him for anything. So I might just drop him and just go pick up somebody else that, that intrigues me on the waiver wire. Um, Speaking of the waiver wire, and speaking of someone possibly heading there, um, let's talk about levels of concern uh, with a couple of players, Matt. Um, starting with and a ground ball. Andrew Velasquez, and we have a no-hitter for Reed Detmers uh, of the Los Angeles Angels. Instantaneous prediction correction. 12-0. Reed Detmers tosses a no-hitter, 108 pitches. Matt, two strikeouts. (laughs) Two I Straight can't out. say it was terribly efficient, but it, for, did, it, it did the job. For Reed Detmers. Shout out to Reed Detmers uh, for making my prediction just truly just come true. Uh, would it be a surprise, honestly, with how many have come close or happened uh, if another one happens by the end of this week? I mean, we got um, like nine last year, right? We, we did get like, we did get a lot. We've gotten a lot the last couple of years. And that right. last year was with the Juice Baseball, too. So, um but let's let's shift our focus to what level of concern. Um, speaking of waiver wire, as I mentioned, Whit Merrifield is probably heading to a lot of waiver wires. Um, what is your like? What is your level of concern on like a if the scale was not worried at all or just absolutely get him off my roster? I want nothing to do with him. Worried. Um, where does he fall on that scale for you? I'm taking the latter rather than the former. So like Same. I'm I'm really, really concerned. We saw a tweet, we both saw a tweet earlier uh tonight. I can't honestly remember who it was from, so apologies to that. Um but in terms of rolling averages, right? So if you take a twenty-six game span and you just keep rolling it to include every twenty-six game, so each new game, the twenty-seventh game falls off, right? In terms of rolling averages. This is the worst 26-game spam for Woba and swinging strike percentage 
for Whit Merrifield since twenty since the start of twenty seventeen. It's literally the worst twenty six game stretch he's had in like six seasons. Um, that's that's pretty bad from a guy who we've seen year after year put up two hundred hits. Um, and the rest of the Royals lineup isn't really doing anything either. No, right? Like you've got Bobby Witt went. Cold now he's warming up again, but he's still just a rookie. Um, you've got MJ Melendez who just came up and is doing pretty well, but let's face it, he's been in the majors for like a week, so right. that's not really a big sample size. You've got some dudes injured. Uh, I'm dropping them, man. Like the Royals aren't going to do anything for me, and if that guy, if if Merrifield isn't getting on base, he has no value to you because he's not going to score runs and he's not going to steal bags. Um, I'm sorry. I just paused. I want to just point something out. Um, Anthony Rendon, Matt, hit a home run left-handed tonight. He hit left-handed? He hit a home run against Brett Phillips left-handed. Uh, now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> um, yeah. Is that what happens? Because it's like yeah, he and nothing and they just don't care? Correct. Yep. Hit a home run lefty. Um... <laughs> That really threw me off. Um, I am also 100% worried about Whit Merrifield in every sense of the word. He has a negative three WRC plus. His his now his weighted on base is 158. The ex woba, um, the expected is 292. Still terrible. 292 is still a terrible expected right, for a guy WOBA. who should be at about 380. Right. Um. And now, he hasn't had, like, the best WOBA throughout his career. Um, but, like, only three still If he's not getting on base, he's not stealing bases. So the, the, the his true fantasy value is just really depleting. Right. Um, also, to put that, you said a negative? Negative three WRC+. plus. Right. So to put that in perspective for those that might not be uh, up to snuff on the weighted runs created plus, it basically means how good are you at producing runs? For right. your team, right? Yeah. 100 is league average. It's not zero that's league <laughs> average. 100 is league average. And every spot below that is a percentage point worse than average. Right. So he literally is not only 0% of average, he actually owes the average folks three percentage points right now. Like, he is horrifyingly bad at baseball. Like, you and I can get up there and probably generate a WRC plus better than Merrifield's right now. Like, I would need a couple days, a couple weeks in the batting cages first. Yeah, I could, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but so could Whit Merrifield right now, like, to Touché. be perfectly honest. So, like, just to put that in perspective, it's not negative three to zero. It's negative three to 100. <laughs> That's a, that is a great... Uh, that's a great breakdown um, because, yeah, uh, it's just been a truly awful season. Currently, I, I don't see how you're holding on to Whit Merrifield at this point. I think he's droppable in Every. whatever in whatever format you play in. Not even Dynasty. Um, 33 years old, uh, shed the dead weight. Um, another player I, I want to get your take on because he hasn't been terrible in every start, but there has been – a few blowups and we're going to the mound and we're going to take a look at Brandon Woodruff who, you know, came into this year 
after a absolute career year last year, um, yes, he wasn't great in the wins department, uh, win-loss department, but he's two, a shiny 2-5 ERA, um, 29% K rate. And that K rate's still there this year, Matt. But again, 5-9-7 ERA just got torched by the Reds of all teams. Um, and he also, you know, the last three starts... Four earned over four innings against Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh, right? Couldn't get out of the sixth inning uh, against the Reds in Milwaukee. Gave up two home runs. Couldn't get out of the fifth. Five earned runs against the Reds. What's your level of concern? And and might I add, opening his uh, first start of the year, seven earned runs against the Cubs. Um, what's your level of concern right now on Brandon Woodruff? Uh, I, I think... Second round drafters, myself included, uh, expected a lot more. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's definitely concerning when the guy you drafted to be your ace, and let's face it, it's not like there was that many guys in the conversation right. to be a fantasy ace this year, right? It was like Scherzer and Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns and Woodruff, and probably right. Bueller would be the last one in that Agreed. top tier, right? So it's certainly concerning when one of those guys who's coming off a year that could have competed for this, you know, that was amongst the Cy Young caliber seasons. Right. Is starting off terribly right now. So that's concerning. However, let me let me back you off of a, a, a cliff right now. If we look at his career splits. Career. He's thrown 88 in the third innings in March and April. His career ERA in March and April is 3.87. That's the second highest career ERA of any month next to June, which is a 3.89. Okay. So he can be a slow starter. He has been in the past. Um, and if we look at some of the more advanced metrics, some of the predictive ones like X, you know, expected ERA, XFIP, they're all basically in line with where he's been, especially X, right. like if you look at XFIP in, in um, you know, the last few years, his 3.27 right now is pretty well in line with all of that. Is it higher than last year? Sure. Okay. Now, what's the problem here? He's got more strikeouts. That's good. He's got like one more per nine than he did last year. Granted, smaller sample size. But he's also allowing one more walk per nine than he did last year at this point. And he's allowing one and a quarter homers per nine, which is the highest rate he's ever allowed in his career. So I think he's getting he's serving up some meatballs right now and they're getting punished the way that major leaguers should punish meatballs. So if he gets some control on his stuff, I think he'll be. I think he'll be okay. The expected ERA right now is three five five. You would take that at this point. The XFIP is three two seven. Let's see what they say for his Sierra. Just to round this off, right now his Sierra is three oh one. To give you an idea, last year his Sierra was three thirty one. Hmm. So in some respects, he's actually pitching better this year right. than he was last year. It just depends on which metrics you take in. And to be honest. The Brewers defensively have been a little bit of a mess sometimes um, this year, which has been surprising because they were built on defense, but it hasn't hasn't gone 
quite his way. So um, he's not getting as many ground balls or line drives right now as he was previously, and that's that's what's hurting him. Um, <clears throat> so if he cuts down on the homers and gets a little more control, I think he'll be fine. All I heard there was that he is the pitcher version of Mark Teixeira. Uh, does not hit in the first couple of months, and then by the end of the year, Mark Teixeira had 40 home runs. By the way, that's the same thing with Anthony Rendon, who is, statistically speaking, April is a terrible month for him, and then he goes on a tear when he stays healthy. Tell that to left-handed hitting Anthony Rendon, because uh, apparently he's the best player in baseball, statistically. Prove me wrong. I mean, um, he's one for one with a, with a two-run I mean, shot, I've, so that's a 2,000 OPS. Yeah, you, you said it, not me. Um, <laughs> let's head over to last week's predictions that we made. Uh, you said Dane Dunning would outpitch Garrett Cole. I will give the edge to Cole there based on bit. 11 strikeouts, but 10, but 10 strikeouts. Ten. Sorry. Uh, shout out Nestor Cortez. Um, but Dane Dunning matched him uh, run for run, six innings, one run, five Ks. And again, Yankees going into that game smoking hot offensively. Right. Also, so. by the way, he gave up fewer base runners than Cole by one. True, true. So um, in, in the K department, Cole beat him, but neither one got the decision. So it's not fair. like 1-1. One, one. So okay, we'll I'll call it a draw. Call it a be... wash. You're true. Um, I said Dakota yeah. Hudson would get two wins. He stunk. Uh, we can move on from there. Because uh, <laughs> my predictions aren't even better this week. <laughs> right. <laughs> got... Unfortunately, nobody knows that I, pre- I said that we were going to get a no-hitter. I was also like partially talking about the rest of the week. Um, well, that's why I had you go earlier in the... Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You're making me look good. I appreciate it. Um, so we'll just... I still think, like, I'm not even going to say it's out of the realm of possibility we get another one. Again, we've had three, one finish, two go into the eighth inning, no-hit baseball games in two days. So, Matt, uh, I'm going to still say we might get another one. What is your prediction for the week that lies ahead, even though, you know, we're going to get this out on Wednesday and the week is already uh, halfway shrunk? But I I like yours, what you have written down here. I think it's um, very possible. So the Astros are on an eight-game winning streak. Okay, they won their eighth game on Tuesday night behind Verlander's near no-hitter, which, by the way, we looked this up. He's apparently had, what what did you say, eight no-nos go into the, what, eight Uh, innings? Seven no-hitters. Yeah, it was seven no-hitters going into the eighth inning, or it was the other way around. Eight no-hitters going into the seventh inning or later, and it's the second most ever behind Nolan Ryan. Who had 23. Um, who, had 20, who had 23, yeah. Which, by the way, when you come up and you're pitching in the majors at 20 and you last until you're 46, it's impressive. That means you basically had one a year, not including the seven no-nos that he <laughs> that he put up. Um, so anyway, so the Astros won their eighth straight game on Tuesday night. They play the Twins for two more, then they play the Red Sox, or the, no, sorry, they play the Twins for two more, then they play the Nationals to close out through Sunday. I'm going through Sunday, because we're, Colby and I should be recording next Monday. We'll see where this stands. I'm going to say that the Astros get to 13 straight wins to close mm. out the week, that they're going, that they're not going to lose the rest of this week. Um, and yeah, I know we said the twins have been deceptively good record wise, but like the pitching matchups are in the Astros favor. Right. I 
think the Astros lineup right now is better than the Twins, especially sure. if Buxton is not in the lineup. Yep. Yep. Um, and without Correa in the lineup either. Um, and Altuve being back on the flip side, hitting everything. Right. And my Nats suck. They they just suck. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. pretty sure the series is in DC if I'm not mistaken, and the Nats are like three and twelve at home. Um, and, three and twelve at home, yep. And just lost to the Mets when they had a lead going into the eighth inning. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that the Astros, uh, in a world in a twenty nineteen World Series rematch, and let's not forget the Astros won all three games at Nats Park in that World Series. Uh, I think the Astros get to thirteen straight wins to close out the week, and then they play the Red Sox, and who the heck knows, in the battle of cheaters. um spicy that's a spicy one um because i think it's possible and i have to assume by then they're in first place like if they're if they win 13 in a row and they're not in first yet uh that means the angels are doing some good things too um by the way one one more interesting stat that we've discovered before the uh start of the podcast the nl west right now is the only team in baseball with all five teams 500 or better yep even with like the Diamondbacks uh, are sixteen and fourteen right now, and are there's no way I would have guessed that. Yeah, never, never. Um, no way. And I've watched most of their games, and I still wouldn't have guessed it. Shout out to the NL West. Um, it's gonna come to a screeching halt one of these days, but um, fun while it lasts. Matt, any parting thoughts uh, before we get out of here? Um, no. I mean, this will come out. Obviously, it'll be Wednesday morning. You're listening to this. Maybe it's after that. Um, prospect reports coming out on Wednesday. We've got that. Check out the Fantasy Alarm Closer Grid, which is always being updated um, and has been right on the button all the time. So props to, I believe it's Joe Galena that updates that, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so props to to that. You know, we got a whole bunch of awesome DFS content. That's been crushing it so far. And then we get NASCAR again. So you can check out all my NASCAR stuff for free. Um, we'll see. It's one of my favorite tracks this weekend. So hopefully I get the read on the race. Right. Ooh. And it's only two and a half hours for me, but I don't get to go to the race. So. Unlucky. Really? Um, yeah, it's Kansas. Kansas. Um we're not in Kansas anymore, Matt. And we're not in Kansas anymore, but we are entering football season. So if you guys do want to go ahead and get early access to the NFL Pro Package, which um, gives you access to the draft guide, the cheat sheet, all seasonal and DFS content, um, you can save 30% off today using code NFL Pro. And a little sprinkle, Matt, a little. A little cherry on top. Everyone likes a little cherry on top. Everyone likes the whipped cream with the cherry on top. You get the MLB DFS playbook um, subscription for free for the rest of the year. So um, make sure you go check that out. Um, you know, myself, as well as Justin Vreeland, as well as Pete Cole, uh, consistently putting out Colby as well, part, part of the MLB DFS team, Adam Ronis. Um, doing a lot of video work there, putting out twenty content 24-7 for every MLB main slate. Um, so be sure to go get the NFL package. Subscribe today. Save 30%. You're not going to get that discount for much longer, and you also get the MLB DFS Playbook Pro for free. Matt, 
Thank you again for having me. Colby, I hope you've had, drank all the red wine and uh, all the goods uh, in Italy for long enough. You will be, uh, like you just mentioned, Colby likely back next week as long as his internet holds up. Um, but for Matt, I am James. Um, we'll catch you guys next week.